burrito. Hey man, uh, so listen, rough week and we'll get into the reasons why it's rough a little bit later, but can I tell you about, uh, I, I, I met a coyote today. I know we've talked about this before. Oh, you met a coyote. Another like coyote. You went up, you introduced yourself. It introduced him. Like, how did this interaction go? I'll tell you how it happened. So today, uh, for the, basically since I moved here, I've been really obsessed with uh, Griffith Park. There's a there's a uh, app on the phone called All Trails, and All Trails mm-hmm. is like, oh hey, yeah, I know, I, I know All. You know All Trails, fucking yeah, a, yeah. right? All right, I See, like for, Trails. For me, it's just LA exclusive. <laughs> Nothing exists outside <laughs> of you. Type in New York. You type in Florida. It's like well, it just doesn't exist. <laughs> like LA <laughs> does not compute. It's yeah. not in our database, sorry. Well, so I got obsessed with all trails, and they're like, hey, there's this one that's three miles, and this one's three miles. And so, like, I, me and Dolores have been doing it. We have this new division of labor in terms of our health, which is, like, I love exercising. I love eating as much as I love exercising. So I need her to be the the, the iron fist on eating, and I will be the iron fist on exercising, right? So okay. I've been... So each of you are holding the other accountable for one or the other? Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's great. It's like the mutual uh, assured destruction. It's Soviet and United States. I'm kind of doing a January get back into health sort of thing too, um, which I can talk about later. But I think we all should. I I think it's going to stick for now uh, just because of like my – the changes I've made for my life. But so we've been going on these like walks every day. The only day we haven't walked in in the last seven days was Sunday. Other than that. We walked every fucking day, and it's been about three miles here and there, right? Dolores had to start work on Monday, so I'm like, this is my first solo trip, and I am like, I'm going to push myself. I go 5.2 miles, but I take a couple wrong turns, go six miles, okay? Feel like I'm cool as shit. This is all up a hill, a mountain, by the way. Today, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to tackle this 7.7-mile guy that's 1,900 elevation, and it's going to be fine. Uh, what I found out immediately, which I didn't know when I started, is that all of this elevation is front-loaded. So mm-hmm. 1,900 over five miles is like, eh, whatever. That's a good even dispersion of the elevation that you're going to deal with. Uh, right. Didn't you go to Vermont? You were like climbing mountains there, and it was just like straight uh, up. <laughs> yeah, me, me and my friend Ben, on a whim, we had this the weirdest fucking day. Like Ben was like, hey, Max, you want to like climb the highest mountain in Vermont? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we cut Fuck across yeah. the <laughs> bougie ass golf course almost got arrested for that like they <laughs> called the cops on us um like cut across some backyards finally found the mountain um we don't even know if it was the tallest one or not we just saw the the tallest one that we could see from where we were and uh we just started scaling it and we got to the point where like we were grabbing onto rocks and they were just coming loose and fucking black widow spiders were bursting out of the earth like <laughs> fucking crazy and we just kept like scrambling up rocks more and more just tumbling down or whatever we finally like get to a point where we're like okay we're gonna die if we keep going so let's just go back which was scarier somehow right um and then we pass by the sign that says several people have died trying to climb this mountain please do not proceed past this point and that was like 1800 feet down or some shit you killed it you guys could have died but we didn't 
<laughs> I have a fear of heights. I don't know how I did that, you know? I don't get that. I, I, I made fun of my wife the other day about that. I'm like, you have a fear of heights? What the fuck does that even mean? Like, what the fuck I, do you not get about that? It's stupid. <laughs> like, it's like the understand? heights. You're scared of a thing, of a, of a distance between two objects? Like, fuck you, you pussy. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like why is that scary? Why are you scared? Because you could die. It's a very reasonable thing to be scared you of. You only die if you go to where the distance is. Like, why is the ob like sub uh, the objective term of distance between ground and where you are so scary to you? It's only scary if you fall. Why are you going to fall? I mean, it's a primal thing in your brain, like a survival instinct, number one. Number two, if you're scaling a mountain with Black Widow spiders inside of it, uh, maybe your opinion would change on heights, man, because it's a fear of spiders no. coming well, with a yeah, I would tell because you that's, either you that's get different. bit by the spiders or you fall off a mountain. No, that's different, Max. That's completely different because you what you're describing is like uh, like a like a Vincent Price uh, Michael Jackson bridge that is horrifying. Like that's my worst nightmare. Like as I'm climbing a mountain and I'm scared of falling, but it's like also there's yeah. spiders and I'm like, "Oh my god." See, like, see if you said like, "Okay, fear of clowns is bullshit." I'd agree with you cuz how often do you run afoul of clowns? Like that's not really a primal fear. That's something that you learn. But like heights, like you put a puppy on like one of those glass planes with like, you know, like looking down or whatever, mm -hmm. like a glass bridge, it's gonna like pee all over that thing. Like it's immediately gonna be terrified. Like that's just a thing instinctually that we all have, you know, so that we can continue living. It's not really that crazy. But anyway, we climbed up most of this mountain, climbed back down, we didn't die. I'm still here to tell the tale. Um, and I don't know how I did it, man. 19 year old Max uh, didn't understand mortality. As you were well spry. Twenty-nine-year-old. Now, yeah, cut to twenty-nine-year-old Christian who is like climbing mountains. Okay, literally yeah. in the first. Like, here's the thing: when I do this walk with Dolores, like when when we hit any elevation up top, like it's really hard for her at first because I think one, she has a problem with the smog in the city that happens sometimes. But I'm always like, come on, keep going. Like I'm really like you. You're just. You say it in that voice. I do all the come time. On, I keep try going. to be. Mixed. Yeah, you I try to be. On a cigar. Wearing suspenders, just right. a sweaty white button up. Right. <laughs> I mean, but but I'm I'm liked a lot less than than that character is uh, in in that movie. I mean, like uh -huh. so Dolores always gets like I'm trying. Today was the first time I ever like I get it because I wanted to quit so bad. I'm like, look, I'm point six of a mile in and I've gone eight hundred feet up, like straight up. And I'm like, I'm fucking over this shit. Miraculously, I didn't fucking do it. I kept going. And later on in the trail, you get to some really desolate parks of Griffith Park. And I turn mm. this corner. All right. And yeah. then just this fucking like coyote. Like, dude, this coyote was handsome as fuck, Max. Yeah. This coyote, if there were coyote dog shows, this coyote had fucking papers, dude. He was photogenic, huh? He was beautiful. <laughs> and he kicked. Show coyote has fucking papers. <laughs> and he's just prancing. He's fucking, like his paws are too good to touch the goddamn pavement wow. and shit. And then, I, then he spots me and we have a moment. Like there's mm. this perfect silence in the world, man. And he sees right. me and I see him. And we lock eyes. And, and I'm like, fuck, what am I supposed to do here? Because for all my obsessions of coyotes, I've never figured out, like, all right, if a coyote squares up, what are you supposed to do? So what I do is I start yelling at him, but, like, nicely. I'm like, God damn it, I love you, coyote. Don't be my enemy. Be my friend. And he just mm -hmm. stands his ground. He doesn't move. He looks at me, cocks his head a little bit. Oh, yeah, he's used to this. This happens to him, like, probably multiple times a day. Right. Well, I didn't tell you, like, so Penny's there. 
Penny's here because uh, I took Penny with me. And and here's the thing: there's a moment where Penny and this coyote, Penny your dog, yeah, Penny, my dog. Sorry, yeah, not Penny, my mistress or something. <laughs> That'd be weird. Uh, no, Penny, my dog is with me, and they look at each other. These this coyote and my dog look at each other, and she's like, "That's kind of like what I am, except not." And and he's uh, like, oh, "That's kind of what I am, except not." He was going through that thought process. Dude, not only that, I swear to God, and maybe it's because I smoked a little before this walk, but I, I swore that this coyote was ta- like trying to convince Penny, like, look, you can just turn on this motherfucker. He gets to open the door. Fuck him. He gets to put the leash on you. You can be unleashed here in the mountains. And I'm looking at Penny, and I'm like, Penny, are you buying this shit? Don't do it. And she's kind of looking at me, and I think she goes through the the thought process, and she's like, look, fucker, if you had any food, you wouldn't be trying to convince me to eat this motherfucker, all right? I'm going to go where the easy meals are, and uh, she decided not to betray me. And then this coyote was like, all right, fuck it. Great circle route. He went the great circle route. But as he went the great circle route, as he's passing what me. What is a great circle route? Well, because there's like, he's right in front of me. He decides to take a very circular route to get behind me. Uh, he doesn't want to engage me. But okay. as he passes, dude, I like Michael Mann's collateral. <laughs> there's that scene where that wolf crosses the street and me and this coyote, we like lock eyes. Our souls fucking become one. Oh, uh, no. Oh, no. This is <laughs> turning into a real Timothy Treadwell thing, man. This is how it happens. I, I'm, I guarantee you, Timothy Treadwell was a normal man, and then one day he crossed paths with a bear, looked him in the eye, and he thought there was a connection. And uh, I'm, I'm calling it, man. 12 years from now, you're going to get mauled by a bunch of coyotes who you think are your friends. <laughs> the thing is, like, it would have to be a lot of coyotes uh, in order for it to be a problem. The lone coyote they're, is they're, not strong. They're, they're social, right? Aren't they uh, social? Isn't the whole lone coyote a myth? No, well, no, no. Lone coyotes you see all the time, but I assume they're kind of doing recon work for the for the pack. Like because you do right. see them. But, there was a they, pack animal because the one time I ran into coyotes, I've told the story before. I was doing a cross country road trip. Oh, right. We had to stop in the middle of the road on this like mountain pass, and like a family of coyotes just like stop one by one, locked eyes with us. They do that. A lot of eye contact. Well, and people say you should do coyote hazing, which I thought was a joke. And it seems like the funniest thing in the world, but you're not supposed to do that. The problem, as we've talked about this before, is that coyotes don't understand the transactional nature of what you're doing. That's why you're not supposed to feed them. They're supposed to fear humans. That's the only way to keep them away from human populations. So Coyote hazing is in like, what are you, a fox or a dog? Make up your mind. <laughs> right, right, right. It's his first year at fucking uh, Kappa Cell Del- Delphi or some shit like that or a coyote hazing no no it's just like you're supposed to flash your lights you're supposed to honk your horn you're supposed to be really obnoxious throw rocks at them even which makes me feel bad but I'm you're driving s- here <laughs> just be a new yorker maybe that's what the thing if you're just a general new yorker to coyotes they stay the fuck away they're out of there I, 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 do you feel like you're losing your new york and philly edge not at all no no, no. yeah do you think it's translating to la has la embraced that that energy or are they like what the fuck's up it's dude? a sun-baked uh valley, bro. yeah it's a sun-baked version of it first of all the whole like valley people don't really exist except in the valley the valley right. from what i understand is is the suburbs of any major town where everyone is the king of the or the the, the you know the prom king and shit but they never got out of that town so the valley right. fuckers who gives a shit you know so what i mean the californians like it's not that no, not at all it's mainly just like um i don't know about that avocado toast gerald i yeah. think that we should really go for a you know a, a smoothie a sm- <laughs> you, i don't you, know you, you took I, I have another like fancy thing i was like really scrambling there for a second 
but you know they like smoothies right they get their fucking nutri blend blenders sure they're, yeah. they're bullet yeah you know they put some uh locally sourced blueberries in there and they just go to town yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm not a part of this upper echelon yet. I want to be. My, my, my cousin, the well, my cousin's in town. Like, pretty nice? It's nice, but that, but see, that's the dichotomy. My cousin's in town. My, like, my, my millionaire cousin, Hector. Uh, I don't think he appreciates that information being put out there, but, but uh, he's in town, right? And he was, he's like a vice president for one of these fucking major banks. I mean, at, at the core, we're diametrically opposed and I hate him, but he's my cousin and I love him so much. Mm. Um, but he's in town and he's like, hey man, you want to go get some drinks? I'm staying in Beverly Hills. And I'm like, you're too, you're the you're devil's cake, bitch. Like you're too rich for my blood. <laughs> like, I don't want to go there. And that's the point is that like, yes, Silver Lake and yes, Outwater Village. Like, yeah, it's got some wealth in it. But you can be a regular person like we are still living here. I couldn't live in Beverly Hills. Like, I just can't well, afford that. No, naturally. Like, but, but I mean, like, kind of like a New York thing over there, but just like more sunbaked, as you said, right? Where like, even the not expensive parts of LA are getting expensive. Like, everything's expensive there. Right. Well, what I like about that, like I said, is when I was in, I was in the bougie part of Silver Lake and I saw, like, people a bunch of homeless people. out. I know you hate poor people. I What? I don't know. I've never yeah. said that. Yeah, you like them getting priced out of their homes, don't you? Gentrification all the way. You know, this guy, you know, people don't know this, but Christian loves gentrification. I, he, nonstop. Uh, He's like, give me more coffee shops. Give me less, you know, neighborhood culture. I would say the whole entire last year of my Brooklyn real estate career was spent trying to fight Just that. Complaining <laughs> about, you know, authentic cuisines and stuff. You're like, no, give me more chain restaurants. Right. Uh, who needs genuine Chinese restaurant in Bensonhurst when we can put a Panda Express in Bensonhurst, bro? It's better. Like, they use more sugar and everything. It's, it's Express. It's quicker. It's quicker. <laughs> Often wrong, the order somehow. <laughs> they make it in front of you and somehow they still fuck, they it, still up. fuck it up yeah it's amazing uh but i don't know i i just like that kind of aspect of it and it's weird because it's like he lives in that world and i don't like i live in a different world uh, right. and what i like about it in general is still like there it isn't a gated community like we grew up in a place where like literal gated community i think you and i both have once said this at separate times like when i see a gated community I actively want to fuck it up because who, how yeah. dare you? How dare you right. think you're better than me? Yeah. How, how dare they? What, what, who do they think they are just putting up a fucking, cause like, it's, it's not something that you like is going to keep people out that want to get in. It's right. just sending a message, right? Like all you have to do is hop that fence and you're golden baby. I think we've done it, you know, in the past with our friends that lived in gated communities, just fucking climb over that gate. Do you remember, were you there that one night we were at Michael, uh, and but we, we couldn't party at his house, so we walked down the road for like a mile to like an abandoned middle school or something, and we jumped a fucking, we jumped a fence yeah. with a bunch of us. I think that's Haley Belcher night, bro, if I'm, if I'm honest. Like, Is that that same night? Maybe, I don't know. But we jumped over a fence and drank a lot of like Southern Comfort, which by the way, as a whiskey drinker, the fucking, just the worst. Why does anyone- Yeah, we, we were drinking a lot of that, a lot of Wild Turk, a lot of Natty Well, Wild like. Turkey is wonderful, you know, like- mm. It's like, do you remember? Do you remember the homeless king in Under the Silver Lake? That's his favorite trick. It's for the royalty of poor people. You know what I mean? Right. That's wild turkey. Like, like how Miller High Life is the champagne know, of beers, baby. Champagne Hell of yeah. beers, baby. You're not yeah. wrong. Um, so I took my uh, so so I the reason I was walking Penny, by the way, is I as I wanted to to spend more time with my dogs. Uh, I had a little bit of a tragedy here, by the way, and I'm going to tell you this because what I like about this podcast is that it is 
tracked monumental moments in our lives. It tracked you moving to New York. Uh, it tracked me moving to Los Angeles. It's tracked like, sadly, some tragedies, my, my uncle dying and stuff. And so this is another one. And like, I kind of want to talk about it because I feel like when am I not going to talk about it? And I'm going to bring you up right at the end, Max, because I thought about you. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Bubby. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about myself this whole time you were talking about <laughs> Where, where does the max fit in? Yeah, in yeah. where do I fucking fit? Um, so on, let's call it Friday. I'm going to call it Friday. It might have been Saturday. I don't remember. Uh, we, we go for a walk. Um, uh, and it's fun. We do Griffith Park. It's really cool. We sweat a lot. We burn a lot of calories. We come back. We're feeling really self-satisfied and stuff like that. And I go outside and I have a little J roll and I take a sip of my J and I look at my lemon tree and I'm like, I'm going to go inside now. And I go inside and Addie's out in the, on the porch with me. Uh, and then she decides to come in with me. But for whatever reason, when she, when she gets to her little spot in the room, like her breathing changed and I heard it. Like it was really strange to see everything happen in real time, which was like her breathing changed. It became very labored and I would like rub her ears, which usually gets like an immediate response, but she like wasn't responding and it like really freaked me out. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, Hey, Dolores, come check this out. We, I, I don't know. Like I'm not a dog hypochondriac. You know, she is, uh, but something felt weird. So we took her to this emergency room in Glendale, which is like 10 minutes away. Um, and what's so weird about this is just like, because it's like, we knew she was old. And one of the reasons we wanted to move to California was to give her a yard. We've been here for 11 days uh, mm -hmm. before this happened. And she certainly liked her yard and she was happy just to lay out in the sun and enjoy it all. Um, but it was one of those things where like, it breaks my heart because there was no, I, I, like waking up that day, going to Griffith Park that day, coming back that day, everything up until the moment that it became apparent she was going to die. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't ready because I'm like, that's not going to happen today. Um, like unless a heart stops, even when you like know a dog's going to die, you usually have a couple of days to like do what you're going to do. You know, like if you want to take them home and give them a freedom, like cheeseburgers and shit, you can. But we took her there and like she's wobbly and, 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 and I can just see in her eyes, something's not okay. And uh, like I'm over there with the dog and Dolores is trying to do the paperwork, but then they get to the CPR question. Because uh, they'll they'll do doggy CPR. I don't know if you know this or not, but they'll do it, and it's like, do you want to do not resuscitate? Do you want to resuscitate thing? And Dolores can't handle that question. Like, and I understand that. I'm not being shitty at all. But what I know is that like I'm with my dog, and I'm trying to get her to come up because this lady's trying to look at her, and she can't even get up, and she's peeing on herself now. And then I look up, my wife's crying, and she's like, you need to come here. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I come over there, and then I'm just having to explain to her. She's like, is it going to hurt her? And I'm like, CPR can hurt people. Like, it's, yeah. you know, like, I'm like, are you doing this to me? Like, and, and then they're taking Addie away, and that's the last time. And I'm like, no, but she doesn't, like, I need to be with my, you know, just like everything that's going on, and it's fucking chaos, man. And yeah. so they take her in the back and then this suave doctor who is just like the most dreamy motherfucker who's ever lived, man, I'm sorry. I ain't gay, but like, uh, what is gay even? Because this guy was so beautiful. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. He came out and he started delivering the goddamn news. Like he's Cronkite and shit. And he's like, look, yeah. you know, we got to take this test. I don't know. We'll be back in like 45 minutes. We got to like, look at what's going on. Me and Dolores, we get like cookies and we go outside and we're just, we're trying to laugh. We're trying to make light of it. And I'm trying mm -hmm. to tell her that like, look, this was always a possibility. We get into fights all the time because I'm just like, you forced me to have three dogs and I love all of them. But what you forced me to have is three tragedies <laughs> that are yeah. delayed. <laughs> 
And I yeah. have a hard time with that shit. That's that's something that uh, not to bring him up, but Louis C.K. said is like when you buy a dog, you're buying a, a tragedy in the future because you're gonna outlive that that dog. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, look, I had a dog die in my arms. Remember Bella when we when I was growing up? Like she died on New I'm Year's Day. She died yeah. in my arms, and like I adore her. And like I thought that was really hard. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? This was a different kind of hard. Uh, because eventually we get taken to the back and he tells us like we found a mass it looks like whatever this mass was it ruptured she's bleeding internally at this at this point we can we can put her in emergency surgery Mm -hmm. um that emergency surgery is going to be like seven to ten thousand dollars which not even a money thing i don't have seven to ten thousand dollars lying around but let me just be perfectly clear if he said seven to ten thousand dollars and we will save your dog's life probably would have done it Seven to ten thousand dollars to do exploratory surgery to find what's wrong. Right. There's no guarantee of anything either. Yeah. And so that fucked with me. And I'm like, she's also 14. Like she's already her back legs aren't working really well. So like we're circling this fucking decision and it's really rough. And then they bring Addie in and they put her on a gurney. And she's just sitting there and her breathing, it's like every five, she's like (sighs) 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 like there's a sharpness to it. And, I, and I'm looking at her and I'm just like, I'm, you know, she's still there. And anyway, so the point is we get to this decision where we're going to have to, you know, put her down. Like the doctor came in and no, at first he gave us options. And then at the, at the end, he was like, look, like euthanasia is probably what we need to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was really rough. And Dolores is crying. And I am trying to be, because you know I'm a sociopath, uh, I, I try to put all feelings aside. Because right. in, in crisis, for me, it's like you act, you react. You got to deal with this situation. Yeah. Right. I will cry my eyes out later. But in this moment, I am going to be chill. So that's happening. And then we like finally make that decision. And it's just like we spend 40 minutes with Addie. And we're just like, you know, right in front of her and like all that stuff. And then he comes in to do it. And he says the entire process takes about a minute. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't look, just spend time with her. And so, you know, we're right there in her face. I read this really horrifying thing once that like, as a person who has to put dogs down, right. That yeah. like dogs spend a lot of their final seconds, just like canvassing the room, like looking for some comfort, looking for familiarity. Cause they, yeah. a lot of people don't stay in the room with their pets when this happens. Right. And I refused to do that. I, um, I, I, I loved this dog so much and I refused to let it die scared and alone. Mm-hmm. And so he, we were there and, and she was breathing and it looked like she fell asleep and then she was gone. Mm-hmm. And it was this um, really fucking unique game changing thing that happened to me, Max. Cause in a weird way, it really contextualized death for me. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but she was there and she was suffering. Mm. And then 30 seconds later, she wasn't suffering anymore. And the thing right. that got me is that when he said she's gone, she didn't look any different. She didn't look like she was dead. She looked like she was sleeping. She looked really peaceful. The idea of you're here one second, you're gone the next, but you know what? Life keeps going. Like, it's amazing. Her life ended, but we still stayed behind. When I die, my world ends, but you'll live on. Dolores will live on. I'm killing myself early. I love that you're assuming that I'm going to outlive you, by the way. (laughs) You will. (laughs) Diet and genes, I assume. No, but but it was this thing where, like, she just looked so peaceful, and we had to move her because she was at a weird angle, and she might have fallen if we didn't move her. And of course it was like 
so sad and my wife is crying her eyes out and all this yeah. stuff but oddly i was just like I, that made a real case for euthanasia man like kevorkian they put him in jail for what for having compassion like because she was in pain and I told Loris, I'm like, the one thing I won't do is let this animal be in pain. Like, you fuck, I don't care. If we're going to keep her alive, it's because it's what we want and not what's best for her. That's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And right. they, they did this thing, and then 45 seconds, 30 seconds later, she was gone. And it was very yeah. sad. But it made me feel this thing about, like, fuck, man, there's just a ticking time clock on all of this. And just, like, like we, I think all as humans, we make the mistake of – our world ending is the same as the end of the world. And that's not how it works. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and maybe I'm alone in that, you know, but it's just like, you're I, the only one, only one who's ever felt that. No, I, I get you. Um, yeah, no, I, I had to put my dog down. I watched him fucking die. Right you went with Toby. All right. See, I was going to ask you. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that was a, um, that was a terrible fucking experience, but also like an important one. Um, and it's weird. The details that you remember, like I, I paid for that with my Chase credit card. And I remember like getting like cash back for it for like killing my dog. <laughs> Blood money. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, just like little things like that, weird details. Like I remember like how there was like a light flickering in the room or like how things smelled, whatever. But it's hard to process when you're in that moment for sure. Because that was like the only time I'd ever seen something that someone or something that I cared about die. Right. Especially of me and i was like had my hand on him the whole time uh, but can i can i ask you just because i didn't breath. i didn't realize we had this shared experience and i want to ask you yeah. this which is like was it not an oddly comfort like, like the one thing like i i was irrevocably fucked up but at the same time i felt so comforted that i got to be there at their last moment uh, that i know that there was peace afterwards like it was so weird i mean it was but i was also beating myself up because what we found out was that he had like acute kidney failure and oh. had been going through it for like the past year and we didn't realize it like he kept shivering and we thought he was cold so we were just like wrap him up in a blanket turns out he was just in a lot of pain for like a year and we didn't right. know about it so like at the time and it's like we didn't know like i'm at peace with that now but at the time i was just like fuck like fuck you max for not taking care of your dog well that's a whole other story we could go on which is like look i got my dog x-rayed within the year they should have spotted something unless it was this ridiculously progressive thing yeah. uh and in any case like i don't want to start doing that she lived 14 years you know what i mean yeah and, and that's something that like i told myself later is like yeah he got regular checkups they didn't find anything either right. you know so Sometimes the shit's unavoidable, but I, I think that it was it was this really transformative thing for me because like you, it's like, look, I've lost people, but I've never been there. I've never seen a final. I've never had to see something die, yeah. really. And and it was this weird, it was, I don't know, dude. I The only way I can really describe it is like, I just felt this real sense of unburdening in a weird way because I was yeah. like, if this is what it's like to die, all right, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, death, in a weird way, yeah, like, now looking back on it, like, death doesn't seem like such a scary, terrible thing, like, you know, especially when you see, like, as you get older, like, all the problems you inevitably run into, like, death is kind of like a, a comforting idea in a weird way, you know, it's like, eventually all that, all that pain goes away, and like, yeah, things end, you could say they change, um, but it's not the end of the world, like you said, it's the end of your world. 
it just it, it it made me feel like I was doing something much bigger than me. Like it felt like there was compassion to it. Like because again, like I can show you a picture of her two days, or I can tell you to show you a picture of the day before that this happened. And she never yeah. changed. Like for me, it's like I think about people who get cancer, like animals or or humans, whatever, right? Like they get cancer, it's this prolonged thing. But I saw the moment that whatever happened happened to her. We got her to a doctor within twenty minutes, yeah. and then I mean, within two hours she was gone and for me there was something really beautiful about like you didn't suffer god damn it like you know what i'm saying like it's special that you got to be there with her and, and i think as i told you like really uh because i just read an article about like uh smelling smells means the world to your dog i know and I, yeah and i was just like man it's really great that Addie got to smell all those smells across the country you know she got to take like one final fucking tour you know it, when i when all i was thinking about her her doggy eulogy as it were like if there was to be one i'm like yeah. we tallied it up it's like she lived 14 years she mm -hmm. got to go to 16 different states live on mm -hmm. two different coasts like she had a fucking wonderful life i think so often that we're, we're we're wrapped up in how shitty and emotionally devastating the final moments of these things are that we don't yeah. realize that like Addie was a rescue like she could have been fucking dead at four yeah. she could have been yeah, abused by whoever got her like she had a great life 14 years is good man um and it made me feel some kind of way and then we paid some money to get like her paw print and we're gonna i'm gonna take her on walks with me to griffith park and just put ash in different parts of the park and stuff yeah so you went um, for the cremation and everything yeah we did that which this is why i bring max up i promised max would be brought up which is Yay. like <laughs> years ago and i totally uh, exercise this for my mind because it's the scariest batman arkham asylum shit i've ever heard <laughs> but uh you didn't you work at a morgue like for an animal hospital or something uh no i worked in a crematorium for like a week <laughs> and a half Oh, or crematory yeah it was just for a week and a half it was the worst fucking job ever it smelled bad um there were people and pets there um yeah i i was only because i was like new i was only allowed to handle the pets um nice. but but that's why i got toby cremated is because like i saw what happens to like when you select that option to just have like a mass cremation uh -huh. like they literally and i'm sorry if this is upsetting this is not bringing us up by the way i don't know why you thought this would um they bring out like a wheelbarrow and like all the pets are just in a pile in there wrapped up in tarp individually so you just see the shape of like a german shepherd shape of a cat shape of a hamster and they just kind of shove them in there hmm. yeah it was not a great job it wasn't my favorite I worked right. at Amazon I, I, immediately after that, and I was like, this is so much better. <laughs> I think I asked you once when you told me that, because we were talking about drug use and shit. I was like, do you ever wish that there was, like, an abort pill for drugs? Like, like because, like, imagine, like, you're like, oh, I'm off tonight. I'm going to do some shrooms, or I'm going to do some acid. And then 20 minutes into that, you get a call, like, there's a morgue emergency. You got to come in. <laughs> and it's just you're like, just, like, <laughs> tripping all at the morgue. <laughs> and I'm just like, do you wish that there was an abort we're pill for that? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that, that would be, that'd be great. But I mean, I think that the lesson here isn't not to do drugs or to have an abort pill. It's just don't work at a crematory or don't work at a morgue. Right. It's don't work at a place the... involving death. Well, don't you think there's people like the people with the world needs ditch diggers? My father would tell me, I think in a shitty passive aggressive way to tell me to get a job. <laughs> like, Or that that's the job you'd be most qualified for. <laughs> 
my parents are really mean to me about that when I was a kid because I like I, I'm not great at math like obviously I'm good at basic math and shit and I can multiply and all that shit but when it came to like geometry Wait, but you're, you're no Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting I'm not, not I'm decidedly not a good will hunting uh but but my mom used to be like shitty but like oh you're gonna be a fucking taxi driver and then not even know how much change to give back to people and i'm like that's do you think this is like supportive like positive reinforcement right and also taxi drivers you know fine profession yeah respectable okay the backbone (laughs) you gotta have a clean driving record you know gotta be nice to your customers you gotta compete with uber yeah, see, that's why she fucked up. Do you think I have a clean driving record? Fuck no, man. No, uh, I'm a taxi driver. I want to be a taxi driver. I want to be an Uber driver. And they're like, no. Like, you could <laughs> steal an identity and the heat off of your former life would still prevent you from getting a fucking Uber job. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> no, I don't really want to work for Uber. It's scary as shit. Um, but yeah, but for some reason, I just thought about that. I was thinking about like, oh, well, Addy's going to get uh, cremated. It's going to be personal. It's going to be beautiful and shit. Because they said that. They're like, you want a regular cremation where we'll scatter her ashes in the ocean or the forest and i'm like really Re- are you sure because it seems like some take shit a you big said. bag of mixed ashes and throw it in the backyard is what they're gonna do that's what that's totally what i thought uh, and yeah. i was like yeah i'm not about that shit so we you know so we ended up paying for the extra thing but i don't mind that either like i want to have my dog there uh and then i thought about you and i'm just like what a shit job bro <laughs> like i love you and that's what separates us like i like to think spanish people are like super hard working and they are i guess i miss that gene because you couldn't pay me enough money to work in a fucking morgue meanwhile max max in the morgue a sitcom coming this fall max man um, no, I, I thought in like some bullshit. Have you thought about what that show would be for a second, by the way? Because it would be like it six would be feet very under. short. Well, it'd be six feet under, but like for an hour of just different dead people talking to you. And then your relief would come in, see you having like a musical number. Uh, and then because you, oh, you mind, think that I would be people. engaging the dead people? Oh, are you just I, ignoring like, them for a full hour? Paperwork. For Tim, a whole hour, they're telling you their stories, and you're just like, "Look, I got shit to do. I don't have time to help you with your ghost I business." Don't care about your wife? I don't care about your second marriage, and I sure as shit don't care about your mistress, Jim. You're a dead man. I'm trying to do my <laughs> paperwork. I got to get out of here in like five minutes. Well, isn't the whole conceit that like dead people stay around because they got unfinished business, and you're not helping them along? You're just like, "Fuck it. It was your business. You should have finished it, not like, my business." I have unfinished Jim. business. I got to get out of here in five minutes. What do you, you think I, I work out for, for, for fucking free? Like you got any money you can leave me? Where's your Goldberry, Jim? Oh, you don't have any because you're a piece of shit? Okay. Damn. Jim. Yeah. Yeah, you are an asshole as a person and you're even more insufferable as a geist. <laughs> I love that my metric for not being a piece of shit is having gold buried somewhere in this scenario, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I, I'm sorry to take us on a 20-minute detour to the to the sad place. I, I, uh, I thought there it was you, important. How dare you talk about something that just happened to you that was impactful in your life? Who the fuck do you think you are? I know. I know. Sometimes <laughs> I, was... I wonder why I talk to you, you know? I didn't know you for 20 years. Go fuck yourself, man. I swear to God. Sometimes I wonder, am I just friends with him out of debt or out of blind (laughs) loyalty? 
<laughs> no, sorry. I was still like in the character headspace of fictional Max in the morgue. Yeah, uh, Max in the morgue. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to bring it back. I'm so sorry, man. You did not deserve that. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, it's, I mean... But, but than... again, I do love that you brought that up as a way to bring us up, by the way, is the time, the week and a half I worked at a crematory. <laughs> well, in my mind, you worked there for a lot. Like, it's really interesting that I locked into that considering yeah. you only worked there for 10 days. Like, that's really yeah, interesting. It was, it was fucking terrible. I believe it. I thought you were a special kind of person when you told me you had that job. I was like, wow. The only reason I took that job, I was just browsing Craigslist and I, I kind of applied as a goof. And that was the only person that had gotten back to me. And I was like, okay, like writer brain kicking in. Like, this will be a good life experience. Like, this is one of those funny stories you can tell people later. But it just sucked. Right. <laughs> It's like, like that, like that job is like the, the make America great again, parody hats. Like there's no amount of parody hat that you're going to do. That's going to justify the initial mix up of, is that a fucking Trump hat? You know what I'm saying? There's right. no writing lesson you're going to get out of hanging out in a morgue. Like, let me ask you this. Do you think what's his face? Fucking uh, Alan ball hung out in a morgue. Bullshit. That's fiction, yeah. baby. He made it up. That boy's never seen a dead person in his life. Except his mom, apparently. That's apparently the origin of that. His mom died like uh, Richard Jenkins dies in the show. And uh -oh. he wrote that show as a response to his mother dying, which I thought was very pretty. Yeah, it's, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be better if it was, like, Sopranos level great. It's a show that has a wonderful beginning, very sloppy and almost unwatchable in later seasons, and then has an incredible finale. Like... I mean, it wasn't so much unwatchable. It just, like, from scene to scene, the quality would be, like... A top tier and then the next scene would be like pure trash like what are you doing with nate's storyline like what's going on here what's Dude, going for on for me it seemed like uh like like how i feel about shameless which i'm sure having never watched a single episode of shameless <laughs> okay i'm sure that it's probably a watchable show because why because william h macy's that fucking good because the right. Emmy Rosen, she's really good. Uh, but yeah. I've never, I've always felt like that show's not worth my time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it can be bolstered by this, this great periphery. Yeah. No, I've, I've watched enough of it to know that I don't need to keep watching it. My mom loves it for some reason. I know a few other people at work that love it, but I'm like, okay, I get it. It's, it's not for me. Right. Like I started watching that show, You. I watched the first season of it. Okay. Yeah. No, people not, like it, apparently. It's, I don't... it's not for me, you know? Mm not great well the second season's la it's la centric i started watching it and it is like a little more self-aware but the first season is like some wannabe dexter bullshit and it has like a lot of like very like stock footage drone shots of manhattan that they obviously purchased from some like stock footage website right i'm like yeah we, okay. we should get some of that just i mean that's production value baby you know we need some of that fucking the, the uh, i don't know i didn't see it i, I think it's I funny that you gather the strength to finish that sentence <laughs> i was done uh, i think it's funny that you're like it's a wannabe dexter like what an amazing thing to be the wannabe of now it had dexter ended with season two oh wait four even though three is a little weird well it's it's really weird and i'm sorry to interrupt you but it's yeah. like that constant monotone narration of this guy that gets obsessed with this one girl. Mm -hmm. And then he just keeps happening, like stumbling into situations in which he has to kill somebody. And the entire time he's like, Oh, I'm not a killer, but you know, you saw something you shouldn't have seen. I'm sorry. And he just like, keeps like explaining all these missing people to this girl he's dating. Like, 
yeah i don't know she just like stopped calling it's weird right oh oh man that guy just like disappeared it's weird wait right? he's like constantly implicating himself in these like by, by, by <laughs> mentioning that he even knows the victim he's like oh that's yeah weird. well like all of these people are like the best friends of this girl and they keep figuring him out because he's obvious as fuck it's really it's a really weird show <laughs> do they it, die at the end of the first season i assume they have to or he gets what, on a plane to la girl? yeah yeah he kills her good she had it coming i think oddly <laughs> like like well, I, who am i to say who are who our heroes are supposed to be like, he has like this prison box in the basement of his bookstore nice. to keep all the rare books and he keeps like putting people in there and, and they're like are you gonna kill me and he's like oh i haven't thought that far yet no i'm not gonna kill you and then he inevitably always does hmm. so it's just like a, a rinse repeat kind of show about moita hmm. but he's not a killer what kind of Actually, you know what it's it's kind of a great comedy the more i think about it well as i'm saying like does it know what it's trying to be or is it just entertaining in spite of itself the la season seems like it knows what it wants to be because it's making fun of la people a lot and i'm kind of liking it yeah but that's that's also there's some artifice to that because i feel like la people are yeah. really mm-hmm. what like well you yeah. think they're californians <laughs> like like the idea of that sketch and it's like i haven't well not not so much californians but more like the instagram influencer avocado toast californians wow. you know that like that kind of la yeah. well you know i hate you know the the, the man man buns aviators well, dude, sometimes when you're walking Griffith Park, you need your hair not to be in your face. So you oh, go, God damn it. Make you you're a man already, fun, you're man. already there. You lived <laughs> there for like two weeks and you're... <laughs> no, not yet. Um, here's a weird thing. Here's a weird thing uh, that I randomly thought about. Okay, what is a saying about Texas that people always say? You don't mess with Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. Best Boom. state in the union. Oh, okay. Second one. You nailed it. Everything's bigger in Texas. Uh, what i thought was true but here's uh i was thinking the other day california kings mm. if a king bed in texas is just a king bed but then they had to name another thing called california kings to signify that it is bigger doesn't that inherently prove like that's the one uh little like piece of the jenga tower that you take out that collapses everything because it's like everything's bigger in texas except for king beds which are bigger in california i i, I just I, why didn't they call it a texas king I, you know, this is a, a question that people have been asking for a while, and there isn't a clear answer. I don't think anyone's ever asked this question. I got obsessed with this at 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, wait, why is it a California king? What's the fucking difference? What's the etymology? I didn't look it up, but I was obsessed with it. Why is it called California king? Give it to me. Uh, oh, God, this is an entire article. <laughs> I like that there's an actual history <laughs> lesson to it. Like, Jeopardiah, California. In 1841, which I assume that's what they named the state after. Oh, uh, Slate concludes that the product was developed in the 1920s and 30s for Hollywood stars longing for beds that were beds that were more grand. But the Los Angeles Times says Cal Kings, love that they abbreviated it to Cal Kings, uh, <laughs> were a post-war invention to accommodate larger living spaces. I, like you, like you didn't want to put a regular king-size bed because your bedroom was too big. This is back in the day, where like. One like a bedroom of a three bedroom house was big enough to fit an entire apartment. Is that kind of well, what they're saying? Uh, a Los Angeles uh, mattress merchant decided that Californians, Angelinos in particular, that's- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's my least favorite like group name. Go ahead. Had had big enough houses and big enough lifestyles to warrant big beds. Capital B on both big and beds. <laughs> the alliteration. I wrote this. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, in a way that makes sense because like California did have more space than uh, you know, like New York, you know, where you had that. Like, yeah, but but as we talked about, Texas ain't hurting for space, and it's the only state that goes out of its way to let you know how big its state dick is. Like, and I think that's the yeah. difference. Like, they they but tell in a, you in a weird way, like Texas hasn't really influenced much culture aside from like barbecue culture or right. Culture. You know, like it's not influencing vet culture. Like, California like when, when, when your best story as a state is the Alamo, something you lost, uh, right. it's not a good sign for your cultural lasting power. You know? Right. Your proudest heritage is failure, you know, <laughs> and probably. <laughs> but they failed with bravery. Uh, that's most people who failed. They failed with bravery. The Nazis failed with bravery. Yeah, they're, they're still like, trying. They're, they're making an attempt. Do you uh, do you ever feel like I remember I watched a Glorious Bastards like six months mm. ago or something? And there's that scene where where he's like, "Now you tell me who's coming to play and what they're coming to play with, or I'm gonna beat the living hell out of you." Right? You just get the guy, and so the bear Jew comes out, and he's like, "You get that for killing juice," and they just it's perfectly framed. He's like, "Yeah, bravery," and you're like, oh. <laughs> "You're still a Nazi, though." <laughs> right? That's what you have to remember. It was a beautiful Best thing that Eli Roth has ever been a part of, unfortunately. Clearly. Yeah. Like, he should just be an actor. I don't know why he keeps making movies. You say that, but go back after he hits that guy. He's like, Teddy fucking Williams going fucking yard. And you're like, "Ah, ah, I lived in Boston. You're going far here, guy. (laughs) Like, this is, uh, I don't know. Well, you know how like everyone does a bad Southern accent when they do a stupid character because in our bullshit liberal New York media minds, when we think stupid, mm-hmm. we think Southerner, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we wonder why they don't vote for Democrats. Uh, it, it's it's the same thing. It's like I go into that character uh, yeah. to, to illustrate my viewpoint, <laughs> my, my twisted worldview. <laughs> Your twisted worldview. It is pretty twisted, man. I, I do want to tell you something that I oh. learned recently. Just it's California relevant, but like I was looking up like why is there a bull market and a, a bear market and where does that come from? And hmm. apparently back in the day, uh wanting for entertainment, Californians would capture bears and pit them against bulls in arenas. And this was like a common Sunday activity across the entire state of California for years it's why there's a bear on the california flag the california grizzly bear literally went extinct as a result of this and then we named the fucking stock market after it i literally just wrote down into my miscellaneous screenplay notes bears and bulls bro <laughs> like that is that lit, that might be the coolest fucking thing i've ever heard of simultaneously right. most abhorrent like we don't deserve animals oh uh, yeah it's, it's terrible heard. but like that's like the markets the reason that they describe it as like a bull market is because the bull's first move would be to like dive gore, up with yeah. its horns to right. gore the bear and then the bear would be to lunge down on the on the bull they said the bear always won, but it would usually die later. Yeah, so, there's no winners uh, in that wounds. Yeah, <laughs> It's not silver and gold. There's no losers there. It's the opposite. Right. Man. It's shit and shit. But uh, no, like some, some like fucked up part of my human brain, though, like really wants to see a bear fight a bull, though. <laughs> we said on the last episode, something's wrong with us because we crave this like, oh, shit. You said a tidal wave was going to hit Seattle. I just prayed that I lived long enough to see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you looked so happy when I said that. I mean, likewise. Like, that was said, the unfiltered reaction. If Trump put into legislation, we're bringing it back, the greatest sport in all of American history. Bears versus bulls. I might vote for him. I mean, like, because he's bringing it back, man. <laughs> yeah, he's putting brown people in cages, but those bear versus oh, bull fights bears. every Sunday 
it's superseding football. It's taken over. What if you did like bears versus bulls, but it, it would be like a game of chicken. You know how we do play chicken and pools where people get on each other's shoulders. So we strap one immigrant to a bull. We strap one immigrant to a bear. We just see who wins that fight. I feel like <laughs> nobody wins. As we determined earlier, there's no winners there. Right. I feel like the bear would immediately find a way to eat that person. Right. And then the bull would just be fucking freaking right. out. Because now they have common enemies, like the man. He walks on two legs. Let's kill him. And then they kill each other. Right. After the bloodlust. Purely because they hate each other. It's not even about food or survival at that point. But that's that's wonder. I mean, like, dude, that's incredible. Thank you for telling me that story. Well, you know, been... you're living in California. I wanted to give you a little slice of California history. This is what your state was built on. Yeah, I, I love it. I today I saw a burning car on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> it's six thirty in the morning. I'm driving Dolores yeah. to work. I drop her off. I'm back on the highway, and then I'm just like, "Oh, what's that? Oh, it's just a burning car. No traffic. No cops. No. Yeah. There might have been someone in the fucking car. I didn't look. I just cute, looked at cute the car. Randy Newman's. I love L.A. That's that's great. I saw that. And I'm just like, huh. And it reminded me, like, I have I ever seen a burning car before? There was one other time I was with, uh, I was with Toilet Monster, and uh, I have right some other girl, right? Right. I was with Claudia, Toilet Monster, and uh, Claudia's boyfriend um, Corey, and we were all like, we're in my old neighborhood. Do you remember my old neighborhood before they built out the rest of it? It was like an empty lot, and then my place. So. Yeah that playground that was there that I used to like go to all the time or whatever randomly like we're just driving around there and we just see like it's at nighttime so all we yeah. see are the flames and the silhouette of a fucking car and we're like oh my god and then like it was it was surreal because it's the suburbs in Florida and you're like what nothing yeah really happens here you know what I'm saying I saw it on the side of the road to LA and I'm like I'm surprised I haven't seen more like in my mind <laughs> LA is almost Baghdad like it's all yeah Baghdad. it's a pretty it's a pretty consistently hostile place in a, in a lovable way i loved it i, I thought it was great. I, I loved it i thought it was a good omen because it was a new car it looked like a 2016 17 it wasn't old there was no reason for it to be on fire like it why just is that a good explain to me why that's a good omen to you where where in the spectrum of your weird spirituality is that oh like a, well yeah well because it's like if you're starting there it's 6 30 in the morning you got nowhere to go but up you know what i'm saying mm. like burning car you don't think so? What if what if I got out of bed? Yeah, and that's like, like da- that's like Dante entering hell, and it's like he gets to the first level. He's like, nowhere to go but up, baby. <laughs> Abandon all hope. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like, it's just a steep. This is, this is as bad as it gets. Just babies. That's it. <laughs> Christians Inferno. It's me going into the nuts. <laughs> first circle, uh, burning car. That's it. Right. Let's cut. Let's hey, the worst the is already over. We got it out of the way. Let's check the gate. Let's get home by five, guys. I want to see my kids. All right. <laughs> precipitous fall from there. So, man. so, so any other, uh, you know, stirring, um, you know, observations or revelations about the great city of Los Angeles? Uh, well, here's one that really put me in my place. I was with my friend Skylar the other day, uh, which you know, Skylar. Yeah, Skylar. And so we're hanging out, and he tells me this story about his mom being told to uh go back to her country 
as it were, here in California, in Long Beach, right? Mm. It shouldn't be surprising. I mean, like, they're too country. Well, there's Trump people, like, in Brooklyn. Why am I surprised that they're in affluent California? You know what I'm saying? Even though, like, we like to think, oh, it's 100% blue. There's, like, 39% of the vote that goes Republican. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, like, uh, 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 the r- rural areas are all red, man. Right. Well, and then, so, that, so, so he works out in Long Beach, and he, he told me a story about how his mom got accosted by this woman. And yelled and said, like, go back to your fucking country, learn to speak English. And I'm like, man, you know, Skylar, what it is, is these fucking Trump people. Like, I don't want to be a racist here, but I feel like a lot of white people got really emboldened when this guy got elected. And they say something to that. Like, they say something like that to your mom, not realizing that she did every – when people say, oh, come here the right way. It's like Skylar's mom came here the right way. She did everything you could have asked for, and you still hate her because you're a basic fucking bitch. I, I just I just want like a racist to like go up to like any person of color or whatever and just be like, okay, before I say anything, I just want to know, do you have your legitimate paperwork? Did you go through the proper channels? Okay, right. all right, that all that all does not check. Okay, that checks out. All right, you have a good day. And <laughs> they're they just fine. <laughs> they're pleasant as fuck because like, they're not racist. It's it's simply a matter of the law. Okay, right. Like, come, you're right. I'm your best friend. I'll help you move. I got a pickup truck. But if like, you don't, if you don't have your 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 papers on you, like God forbid, go back to your country. Oh my God! It was it was so infuriating. I'm saying this, and he lets me go on because Skyler's a is a wonderful listener, and I am a horrific speaker. I'll just keep going. Uh, and so, willing winning combination. So wonderful I'm just talking, but I'm going on, Max, for minutes. For minutes about like how 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 like we've all scored, but hopefully this is the death rattle, like just mm. saying everything, and he lets me speak. Yeah. And at the end of it, I, I think I end it with something like, "And this is the fucking problem. These fucking white people don't worry because in twenty five years, like they're going to be outnumbered, like for sure, and we won't have to worry about this shit anymore, man." Mm. And I thought I'd just give a rousing speech, and he's like, "It was a it was a black woman." <laughs> <laughs> it shattered me because it put me in my place immediately like you piece of shit you just you're painting with such broad strokes it was a black lady who was racist and i felt like ah, well. it, yeah i mean you know maybe check your assumptions at the door christian you know i thought i i felt so i i never felt like more of the problem than when he said that like he was so quiet and so patient and he knew immediately from the minute one before four minutes of straight talking that I was wrong. <laughs> he waited. Yeah. Just told me matter of factly, she was a black woman. I was like, Oh shit. See, I would definitely do to, do that to you as a punchline, but not <laughs> in sincerity. <laughs> so like all the power to Skylar. Skylar is, is tr- I can't <clears throat> wait for you to come here. Cause he's really turned into this super groovy, funny guy. I think he's really amazing. Uh, but I heard that story and I was like, See, that's that's the danger, right? I think I said this the other day. It's like, if I can't hear the sound of my opponent's voice, how can I be sure that they're hearing mine? Because uh, I do believe in hearing those people, but I painted with such a broad stroke immediately. And that's bullshit. Mm. You know, I made this real resolution. You've seen me online, or maybe you haven't seen me online. I've made a real, it's one of the few resolutions I'm keeping, uh, is that I'm not getting into bullshit with people anymore. I'm not fighting with people anymore. Yeah, 2019 was the year of the asshole or something like that. Yeah, that we're talking? like that's my yeah. real thing. I just believe like, hey, you know what? Everything can be solved if we're just a little bit kinder to people. Like instead of immediately having that fucking bullet in the chamber ready to fire back at somebody. Now, see, I think I need to be meaner this year. 
That's so, a different strokes. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to do a little flip-flop on you. Different strokes, different folks. I'm going to tell, tell you a little secret, dirty little secret about being patient and kind. It sucks. Right. But don't you think that you're putting out, like, because I've always admired that about you, uh, mm-hmm. because you, you, we've been in a car together, and someone's cut me off, and I'm like, I'll kill your fucking children. I'll kill your unborn fetus. And you're like, whoa. Like, where, <laughs> where, how do you go from there to there? Because that's the thing. It's like, there's like, that kind of energy is bad. You, as a manager, and you, I think you spoke to this a lot, yeah. having to be in a position of power, it's forced you to be more respectful, more kind, but above all, more patient. Because the thing is, it's all about communication. Every fight yeah. that we people get into, it's because you lack imagination and you lack communication. It's really hard to hate people. You know, like hate is the lack of imagination. So when you fucking say this to me, I've always admired you because you're just like, ah, yeah, I'm patient. I love that about you. And you're like, fuck it. <laughs> I need to get away from it. <laughs> no, it's just like, uh, you know, like uh, I have the capacity to be a fucking asshole if you know that about me. Um, and I just, I miss those days, you know, it's been, it's been a while and it's just every now and then not, not at work, certainly not to my employees, but every now and then I just kind of want to be a dick to people who are being dicks. You know, I don't want to take the high road. How do you avoid I wanna, that? Like, I, 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 Obama I, I popped off on one customer in a year and I got nothing but shit about that. When I was like, do you know how many assholes I've ignored? <laughs> like, like I need a Nobel prize <laughs> like for that. Should, like you should get a medal for it. I like if I'm your manager, I'm I am not convinced by that line of thinking. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh Christ! Ain't New York City cold and it's damp, and all the people dressed like monkeys. Let's leave Chicago to the Eskimo. That time, a little bit too rugged, you and me, baby. Rolling down Imperial Highway, the big nasty bed out of my side. Santa and the winds blowing hot from the north. We were born to ride. Roll down the window, put down the top. Crank up the beach for us, baby. Don't let the music stop. We go ride it till we just can't ride it no more. From the Look at that bum over there. 